The Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style. From a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms. To the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wastelands. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, The Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. And a good Tuesday evening to you folks. Thank you for joining us tonight for this edition of the Bible Live Broadcast. Hope you've had a good Tuesday. I hope it's been a good one for you as we work our way through the week. Tonight we are going to continue on through the Bible. We are in the Old Testament right now. We'll be reverting back to the New Testament after we finish the books of Jeremiah and Lamentations. The other short book by Jeremiah, Book of Mourning and Grieving, over the fall of Jerusalem and their people being taken away into exile. Now that's how it's going to be easy to remember the ministry of Jeremiah, at least the date of his ministry. He began his ministry about 50 years after Isaiah. Isaiah finished his ministry in 681. Jeremiah begins his ministry in 627. 50 years or so following Isaiah, we'll read those opening chapters where Jeremiah describes his calling to preach the messages that God gave to him. His ministry ends on 586 B.C., exactly on the date that Jerusalem fell. He was kidnapped, actually, at that battle and taken into Egypt by rebellious and hard-hearted leaders of Judah that escaped from Jerusalem. We're going to start that reading in Jeremiah chapter 1. I'll tell you a little bit about the book, its general setting and history. Right now, though, we're going to go to our readings from the Psalms and the Proverbs. And tonight, a beautiful Psalm 110. It's one of the most quoted Psalms in the New Testament because of its clear references to the Messiah. In Matthew 22, Jesus recites the words of this passage, and he applies them to himself. Verses 1 and 6 look forward to Christ's final and total destruction of the wicked, and other prophecies concern Christ's reign on the earth. Psalm 110 presents the credentials of the Messiah, who would come hundreds of years later. Let's listen and learn from the Bible life. 
Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. The Lord will extend your powerful dominion from Jerusalem. You will rule over your enemies. In that day of battle, your people will serve you willingly. Arrayed in holy garments, your vigor will be renewed each day like the morning dew. The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. The Lord stands at your right hand to protect you. He will strike down many kings in the day of his anger. He will punish the nations and fill them with their dead. He will shatter heads over the whole earth, but he himself will be refreshed from brooks along the way. He will be victorious. End of reading, Psalm 110. We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Holy is the Lord, totally and absolutely set apart from all others, no other like Him, no other God beside Him. Back to the Bible Live, folks. Thank you for joining us tonight. You know, we just read Psalm 110, this often quoted psalm in the New Testament. In Matthew 22, Jesus speaks about this very verse. The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. He's making it clear to them the deity of the Messiah. Jesus said, whose son is the Messiah? And the Pharisees said, well, he's David's son. And he says, why then would David call the Messiah his Lord? Because see, in their understanding, the older is superior. David would be the superior one, but David calls Jesus his Lord. And no one could answer. The Pharisees went quiet at that particular moment. Well, let's back up a few centuries now from the time of Jesus the Messiah. Jeremiah will predict and add to what we understand of the Messiah. Jeremiah begins his ministry 50 years after Isaiah, and he's coming down now to the final years before 586. Jeremiah prophesies during the time of Josiah, when Daniel is taken captive in 605, when Ezekiel and others are taken, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are taken over into Babylon. Jeremiah is there all of this time preaching, pleading with the people to turn back to God, to trust God. They do not listen to him, which brings up the whole idea of what is success. Most definitions include references to achieving goals, acquiring wealth, prestige, favor, power, Successful people enjoy the good life, being financially, emotionally secure, being surrounded by admirers, enjoying the fruit of their labors. All of these things are what we've come to think of as success. By these standards, Jeremiah was a miserable failure. For 40 years, he served as God's spokesman to Judah. But when Jeremiah spoke, nobody listened. Consistently, passionately, he called on people. He urged them to act, but nobody moved. He certainly did not attain material success. He was poor. He underwent severe deprivation to deliver his prophecies. He was thrown into prison, 
into a cistern. He was taken to Egypt against his will at the end of his ministry. He was rejected by his neighbors, his family, the false priests and prophets, friends, his audience, and the kings before whom he courageously proclaimed the message of God. Throughout his life, Jeremiah stood alone, alone against the tide, declaring God's messages of doom, announcing the new covenant, and weeping over the fate of his beloved country. In the eyes of the world, Jeremiah was not a success, but in God's eyes, Jeremiah was one of the most successful people in all of history. Success as measured by God involves obedience and faithfulness to our calling. Now, we're going to start off tonight with his call as a young man to be a prophet. And just like Moses, he says, Lord, I'm not good with words. I can't speak. But God says, don't you worry. You just be faithful. Present yourself. Be available. How we should live and can live today. Jeremiah 1, 1 through 325. Jeremiah 1. These are the words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests from Anathoth, a town in the land of Benjamin. The Lord first gave messages to Jeremiah during the 13th year of King Josiah's reign in Judah. He continued to give messages throughout the reign of Josiah's son, King Jehoiakim, until the 11th year of King Zedekiah's reign in Judah. In August of that year, the people of Jerusalem were taken away as captives. The Lord gave me a message. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my spokesman to the world. Oh, Sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Don't say that, the Lord replied, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. And don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you and take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord touched my mouth and said, See, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I appoint you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. You are to uproot some and tear them down, to destroy and overthrow them. You are to build others up and plant them. Then the Lord said to me, Look, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I replied, I see a branch from an almond tree. And the Lord said, That's right, and it means that I am watching, and I will surely carry out my threats of punishment. Then the Lord spoke to me again and asked, What do you see now? And I replied, I see a pot of boiling water tipping from the north. Yes, the Lord said, for terror from the north will boil out on the people of this land. Listen, I am calling the armies of the kingdoms of the north to come to Jerusalem. They will set their thrones at the gates of the city. They will attack its walls and all the other towns of Judah. I will pronounce judgment on my people for all their evil, for deserting me and worshiping other gods. Yes, they worship idols that they themselves have made. Get up and get dressed. Go out and tell them whatever I tell you to say. Do not be afraid of them, or I will make you look foolish in front of them. For see, today I have made you immune to their attacks. You are strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured, like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. None of the kings, officials, priests, or people of Judah will be able to stand against you. They will try, but they will fail, for I am with you, and I will take care of you. I, the Lord, have spoken. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Jeremiah 2. The Lord gave me another message. He said, Go and shout in Jerusalem's streets. This is what the Lord says. I remember how eager you were to please me as a young bride long ago, how you loved me and followed me even through the barren wilderness. In those days Israel was holy to the Lord, the first of my children. All who harmed my people were considered guilty, and disaster fell upon them. I, the Lord, have spoken. 
Listen to the word of the Lord, people of Jacob, all you families of Israel. This is what the Lord says. What sin did your ancestors find in me that led them to stray so far? They worshipped foolish idols, only to become foolish themselves. They did not ask, Where is the Lord who brought us safely out of Egypt and led us through the barren wilderness, a land of deserts and pits, of drought and death, where no one lives or even travels? And when I brought you into a fruitful land to enjoy its bounty and goodness, you defiled my land and corrupted the inheritance I had promised you. The priests did not ask, Where is the Lord? The judges ignored me. The rulers turned against me, and the prophets spoke in the name of Baal, wasting their time on nonsense. Therefore I will bring my case against you, and will keep on accusing you, even against your children's children in the years to come. I, the Lord, have spoken. Go west to the land of Cyprus. Go east to the land of Kedar. Think about what you see there. See if anyone has ever heard of anything as strange as this. Has any nation ever exchanged its gods for another god, even though its gods are nothing? Yet my people have exchanged their glorious god for worthless idols. The heavens are shocked at such a thing and shrink back in horror and dismay, says the Lord. For my people have done two evil things. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Why has Israel become a nation of slaves? Why has she been carried away as plunder? Lions have roared against her. The land has been destroyed, and the cities are now in ruins. No one lives in them anymore. Egyptians marching from their cities of Memphis and Topanes have utterly destroyed Israel's glory and power. And you have brought this on yourselves by rebelling against the Lord your God when He wanted to lead you and show you the way. What have you gained by your alliances with Egypt and Assyria? What good to you are the waters of the Nile and the Euphrates? Your own wickedness will punish you. You will see what an evil, bitter thing it is to forsake the Lord your God, having no fear of Him. I, the Lord, the Lord Almighty, have spoken. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Long ago I broke your yoke and tore away the chains of your slavery, but still you would not obey me. On every hill and under every green tree, you have prostituted yourselves by bowing down to idols. How could this happen? When I planted you, I chose a vine of the purest stock, the very best. How did you grow into this corrupt wild vine? No amount of soap or lye can make you clean. You are stained with guilt that cannot be washed away. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. You say, that's not true. We haven't worshipped the images of Baal. But how can you say that? Go and look in any valley in the land. Face the awful sins you have done. You are like a restless female camel, desperate for a male. You are like a wild donkey sniffing the wind at mating time. Who can restrain your lust? Those who desire you do not even need to search, for you come running to them. Why do you refuse to turn from all this running after other gods? But you say, don't waste your breath. I have fallen in love with these foreign gods, and I can't stop loving them now. Like a thief, Israel feels shame only when she gets caught. Kings, officials, priests, and prophets, all are alike in this. To an image carved from a piece of wood, they say, you are my father. To an idol chiseled out of stone, they say, you are my mother. They turn their backs on me, but in times of trouble, they cry out for me to save them. 
Why don't you call on these gods you have made? When danger comes, let them save you if they can. For you have as many gods as there are cities and towns in Judah. Why do you accuse me of doing wrong? You are the ones who have rebelled, says the Lord. I have punished your children, but it did them no good. They still refuse to obey. You yourselves have killed your prophets as a lion kills its prey. Oh, my people, listen to the words of the Lord. Have I been like a desert to Israel? Have I been to them a land of darkness? Why then do my people say, At last we are free from God? We won't have anything to do with him anymore. Does a young woman forget her jewelry? Does a bride hide her wedding dress? No, yet for years on end my people have forgotten me. How you plot and scheme to win your lovers. The most experienced prostitute could learn from you. Your clothing is stained with the blood of the innocent and the poor. You killed them even though they didn't break into your houses. And yet you say, I haven't done anything wrong. Surely he isn't angry with me. Now I will punish you severely because you claim you have not sinned. First here, then there, you flit from one ally to another asking for help. But your new friends in Egypt will let you down just as Assyria did before. In despair, you will be led into exile with your hands on your heads. For the Lord has rejected the nations you trust. You will not succeed despite their help. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Jeremiah 3. If a man divorces a woman and she marries someone else, he is not to take her back again, for that would surely corrupt the land. But you have prostituted yourself with many lovers, says the Lord. Yet I am still calling you to come back to me. Look all around you. Is there anywhere in the entire land where you have not been defiled by your adulteries? You sit like a prostitute beside the road waiting for a client. You sit alone like a nomad in the desert. You have polluted the land with your prostitution and wickedness. That is why even the spring rains have failed. For you are a prostitute and are completely unashamed. Yet you say to me, Father, you have been my guide since the days of my youth. Surely you won't be angry about such a little thing. Surely you can forget it. So you talk and keep right on doing all the evil you can. During the reign of King Josiah, the Lord said to me, Have you seen what fickle Israel does? Like a wife who commits adultery, Israel has worshipped other gods on every hill and under every green tree. I thought that after she had done all this, she would return to me, but she did not come back. And though her faithless sister Judah saw this, she paid no attention. She saw that I had divorced faithless Israel and sent her away. But now Judah too has left me and given herself to prostitution. Israel treated it all so lightly. She thought nothing of committing adultery by worshipping idols made of wood and stone. So now the land has been greatly defiled. But in spite of all this, her faithless sister Judah has never sincerely returned to me. She has only pretended to be sorry, says the Lord. Then the Lord said to me, Even faithless Israel is less guilty than treacherous Judah. Therefore go and say these words to Israel. This is what the Lord says. O Israel, my faithless people, come home to me again, for I am merciful. I will not be angry with you forever. Only acknowledge your guilt. Admit that you rebelled against the Lord your God and committed adultery against him by worshipping idols under every green tree. Confess that you refused to follow me. I, the Lord, have spoken. 
Return home, you wayward children, says the Lord, for I am your husband. I will bring you again to the land of Israel, one from here and two from there, from wherever you are scattered. And I will give you leaders after my own heart, who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. And when your land is once more filled with people, says the Lord, you will no longer wish for the good old days when you possessed the Ark of the Lord's Covenant. Those days will not be missed or even thought about, and there will be no need to rebuild the Ark. In that day, Jerusalem will be known as the throne of the Lord. All nations will come there to honor the Lord. They will no longer stubbornly follow their own evil desires. In those days, the people of Judah and Israel will return together from exile in the north. They will return to the land I gave their ancestors as an inheritance forever. I thought to myself, I would love to treat you as my own children. I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest inheritance in the world. I looked forward to your calling me father, and I thought you would never turn away from me again. But you have betrayed me, you people of Israel. You have been like a faithless wife who leaves her husband, says the Lord. Voices are heard high on the windswept mountains, the weeping and pleading of Israel's people. For they have forgotten the Lord their God and wandered far from his ways. My wayward children, says the Lord, come back to me and I will heal your wayward hearts. Yes, we will come, the people reply, for you are the Lord our God. Our worship of idols and our religious orgies on the hills and mountains are completely false. Only in the Lord our God will Israel ever find salvation. From childhood we have watched as everything our ancestors worked for, their flocks and herds, their sons and daughters, was squandered on a delusion. Let us now lie down in shame and dishonor. For we and our ancestors have always sinned against the Lord our God. We have never obeyed Him. End of reading, Jeremiah 1.1 through 3.25. the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. As a young man, God told him, Before I formed you in your mother's womb, before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. His calling, his challenge was to be faithful. Jeremiah ministers under the last five kings of Judah. That's Josiah, Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah. Now, each of those kings were related to the Davidic lineage. There was a kinship, brothers, sons, and nephews. The nation itself is sliding quickly toward destruction, eventually to be conquered by Babylon in 586, destroyed terrible suffering that they endured and jeremiah predicted it decades earlier calling them to repent to turn back to god hoping against hope that they would repent did you hear that passage tonight voices are heard on the high windswept mountains the weeping and pleading of israel's people for they have chosen a crooked path they have forgotten the lord their god the lord calls out my wayward children come back to me and i will heal your wayward hearts god is saying that to you tonight god is saying that to me to our city, to our country, this nation. Come back to me. Return to God. Trust God. Obey God. And I will heal your wayward hearts. The people reply, yes, we're coming. For you are the Lord our God. 
and there's this hopefulness that that would be the response, that the people would reply, we're coming, Lord, we're coming back to you. We have sinned against you. We have squandered our lives on a delusion, following false gods and worshiping dead, helpless, impotent idols. But now we lie down in shame and we cover ourselves. We're coming back to you. That would be the heart response that God desires from us as his people. A broken heart, a broken people, humbled before him and saying, God, forgive us. Give us strength to follow you, to trust you. That is going to be the essence of Jeremiah's ministry for many, many years. Parts of Jeremiah's book are going to be history, the story of what happened in that time. Part of it is poetry, some tremendously sad and moving lines of poetry, particularly as you read these passages in Hebrew. You'll appreciate their beauty in English as well. And then some of them are biographical about Jeremiah himself and what happened to him. His assistant, Baruch, takes on a prominence in the book as well. You're going to meet some very interesting people. And Jeremiah often uses symbolism to communicate his message. After Jeremiah answers God's call, the Lord says, Look to the north, what do you see? And he says, I see a branch from an almond tree. The almond tree was one of the earliest of the trees to blossom and to bring forth fruit. I see a branch from an almond tree means that I'm watching and I will carry out my plan. The process is beginning symbolism from everyday life. I see a pot of boiling water spilling down from the north. The terror of the north will boil out on the people of this land. The Assyrians had already come down and taken Israel in the north, and now Babylon would come from the north and destroy Jerusalem and take the people into exile. Jeremiah begins his ministry, a young man, underconfident, Lord, I can't do that. This is too hard for me. And yet God says, I'm going to use you to shake nations. You never know what God is going to do with a life. It's up to you and me simply to be faithful. Prepare to be touched. Prepare to be impacted, to be deeply affected by the life and ministry of Jeremiah as we make our way through these passages, these last decades, as the nation stumbles and falls into total destruction. It's a terrible thing to see, but you're going to be touched by Jeremiah's passion, Jeremiah's love for his people, for his nation. He never quits. He keeps begging and pleading. Even after God tells him, don't even pray for these people anymore, Jeremiah. And there will come that time, believe it or not, when God says, don't even pray for them. It's over with. Stick a fork in them, buddy. They're over. It's done. But also be affected by the the hardness, the obstinacy, the stubbornness, the wickedness of the people. And let it touch your heart and drive me and you as well to a time of repentance for our nation. The Bible See you next Live time. with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kindle House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live Post Office Box 18888. That's the Bible Live P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.